Hey, everybody, who loves coffee? I love coffee. I know you love coffee. And if you don't love coffee, you know what? You should probably start loving coffee. And I got just the coffee for you guys. You can go to lionsofliberty.com slash coffee and purchase a bag of The Morning Roar. Uh, It's a partnership we have with our friends at Anarcho Coffee. Uh, It's a delicious blend. I drink it every single morning out of my French press because I'm classy like that, and it's the best way to drink coffee. You don't have to drink it out of a French press. You can put it in your little fancy Keurig machine or your coffee maker. However you drink coffee, you can get it that way. Um, you're going to get the coffee, so go to lionsofliberty.com slash coffee. You're going to follow a link that's going to take you over there, which makes sure that we get a little credit for kicking some business that way. We get paid. It's fantastic. So make sure you're buying it through this link. And I also want to remind you that there is a, uh, a code. If you join the Lions of Liberty Pride at the $10 or higher level, we have a coffee code that is going to get you 15% off every time you buy the Morning Roar. So check it out, lionsofliberty.com slash coffee. Welcome to Felony Friday a presentation of the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, John Odermatt. Felons, friends, and freedom lovers, welcome back to another edition of Felony Friday, a weekly show right here on the Lions of Liberty podcast. Felony Friday, of course, is the only show out there where each and every single week I focus on exposing injustice in this nation's broken criminal justice system. And the way I do this, a couple different ways, a couple different formats. I'll bring on people who have been through the system, who have fought through injustice in the system in many circumstances, and have found success after prison. Also, we'll talk about current events. I'll bring on guests, um, experts in that area to talk about things happening um, in the criminal justice system in the news. Today's episode, that's exactly what I have. I have... One of my friends, Larry Levine, is going to be coming on the show to talk about the Jeffrey Epstein, Epstein, sorry, case. And it's a, it's a great episode. It's a long episode. So I'm going to keep this intro super short. Just tell you one more thing. One more thing. Ready? Show notes page is at lionsofliberty.com slash FF189 because this is episode 189 of Felony Friday, and let's get rolling right to the show. My guest today on Felony Friday is Larry Levine. This is Larry's third time on the show. He is the founder of Wall Street Prison Consultants, which is a uh, legal service firm that provides information and federal criminal litigation assistance to lawyers and offenders going through the criminal proceedings and who are about to enter the federal prison system. Larry himself has spent some time in uh, the federal prison system and I think several uh, time. <laughs> several different prisons. And uh, we talked about that on his, his first time on the show extensively. That was episode 99. The last time he was on episode 169, I think we talked more about the, uh, the college cheating scandal and uh, I forget what else we got into, but a, a bunch of different stuff. Larry's always entertaining. So Larry, welcome back to Felony Friday. Glad to be with you. And about, of course, you're about, I'm near LA. People can tell I'm right here in Hollywood. It's right behind yeah, me. If, 
if you're watching on YouTube, you can see Larry is sitting on the uh, the Hollywood Strip, I guess they call it there. It's, That's it's a Sunset. Sitting on Sunset, surrounded by palm trees. It must be uh, – what's the weather like right there? It's hot. It's probably about 102 <laughs> degrees. Where but, are you? Uh, what city are you in, John? I'm in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, Pitts- Pennsylvania. I just saw something come over the newswire, but I didn't click on it. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh or Philadelphia police are responding to something. Is there a shooting going on? Oh, shit. Now you're going to scare me. No, I really, I just saw that, yeah. but I, you know, I had technical problems and so did you. And I didn't want to click off on anything else. Yeah. Well, I'm afraid to, we'll see if it loads on my phone. I'll check back at it. <laughs> oh yeah. Actually, I see it here. Yeah. Multiple Philadelphia police officers wounded in shootout. Oh, Wow. Was it a, does it say, well, obviously it was a shooter, but does it say another fucking crazy or something? Well, obviously to shoot at the cops, they are nuts. I don't know. But- it was in Philly. So yeah, that's other side of the state. Um, hmm. Got You're getting live. See the people are getting live reporting, but by the time this airs, it will have already happened two days ago. So yeah, you kind of lose some of that. So I'm not going to spend a lot you know, of time on this. The, let's give them some sports tips they could bet on that are worthless. <laughs> yeah. It says five police officers shot in Philadelphia's uh, nice town Tioga section. Looks like, uh, I don't know. I hope anyway. they kill the guy. You know what? I hope they kill the guy, save the taxpayers some money. You know, look at Jeff Epstein, actually him offing himself or whatever happened. He saved the taxpayers all that money and the cost of going to trial. And all those people that he implicated, they may think it's over, but it's not because the feds still have all the discovery. Well, yeah, let's let's get into that. Before we go down that road and start talking about if people are off the hook or if there could have been a conspiracy and motivations there for him to maybe to allow him to, to commit suicide. But I want to get your take. So you hear this happened. Obviously, Jeffrey Epstein's been in the news. Everyone knows about him. I'm, I'm not going to rehash his story. But you heard this happen. What what was the first thought you had, if you remember? Well, let's go back. Uh, this is really ironic. July 9th on my Facebook page. Did you see my post? John? I did. I did. I predicted he would never leave prison alive and they would call it a suicide. Well, Fox News, I w- which I've been on several times this week. I've been on all the media. You've seen it. Yeah, you've been around. Fox News actually ran my Facebook page live on the air. I got like 800 friend requests after that. It was, <laughs> it was nuts. And they read, they read my Facebook page, my prediction. The problem is, well, it's not a problem anymore. The issue was that Epstein knew too much about too many people, powerful people. Trump, Clinton, I mean, other people, influential people. Prince Andrew from, uh, right? From yeah, the royal family, a lot of financiers. Hell, they even say Alan Dershowitz, maybe, the lawyer. Mm-hmm. And people like that, they're going to make them disappear. They're going to get rid of them. I used to teach. I shouldn't say teach. I used to handle situations like this where people had to disappear. I did it for the government. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way it's done. You know, it as far as. Trump being involved or Clinton being involved, let's put it like this. When you're in business or in politics, you've got to deal with shady people to get things done. That's just the way it is. And Clinton or Trump 
or for that matter, any of these business people who thought possibly Epstein may have had some type of shady shit on him, they could have killed him before he went into custody. They could have killed him for years. Right. So I don't buy the fact that Trump is in on this now. If you could kill him, you know, two, three years ago, whenever, why wait until he's in a high-security federal prison where suspicion comes on you? I mean, some people say Trump's not that smart. I'm not going to get into politics as far as his IQ, although maybe we should have Donald Trump have a spelling bee with like a 10-year-old blind child or something, see who comes out ahead. Hey, don't pick on the blind, Larry. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) But the point is, I don't think Trump is behind it. I think there was other money that's behind it. But there's a lot of there's a lot of suspicious stuff, John, that is coming out of this case. I'll give you an example. Uh, yeah, for sure. And I pointed this out on all the networks and they're all like, oh yeah, we didn't think of that. You know by now, I'm sure you know the case pretty well, or at least what you're reading in the news, mm-hmm. that they say they didn't check on the guy for four hours, five hours, whatever it was. And, and they, they falsified some records too. Well, hold on. Yeah, okay. well, they did. That's the BOP way. They say in order to move up, you got to fuck up. And Well, that's that's all corporate America. Well, but these are lazy people. You know who the BOP staff hate more than the inmates? They hate each other. Yeah. They really, they do. But let's put it like this. So have you heard or read any reports that say that his celly was moved shortly before they found him dead. I heard it. I, th- I think the most recent one was that his celly got out on bail what, a day before or two days before. Well, shortly is not two days before. Mm-hmm. See, another misnomer. Okay. His celly was a Long Island police officer that was under suspicion of murdering four drug dealers. Do you give someone like that bail? What do you think? I, no. I wouldn't think normally, no, but you know, cops live under a different set of rules. Yeah, no, no. So. Forget about the fact this guy was a cop. This guy was a federal defendant, mm-hmm. suspected of killing four people, setting up drug dealers. They're not giving this guy bond, putting him out on the street. Absolutely not. He's a threat to the community. You wouldn't think so, yeah. He would have what the uh, Justice Department would call a public safety factor on him. So I don't buy that at all. They're saying that shortly. Shortly is not two days. Shortly is not one day. Shortly is a reasonable proximity of time. Mm -hmm. He was moved from Epstein's cell shortly before he was found dead. Well, they're saying that the cops didn't make the rounds for four or five hours. Okay, I'll buy that. But if they took the cellmate out of the cell, they got to open the door. They would have saw Epstein. So that doesn't fly either. So which is it? Did you not do your rounds for four or five hours, or did you take the celly out? You can't have it both ways. That's just another inconsistency. Mm-hmm. In let, their let me, whole game. Let me ask you some, another inconsistency about this. Is they're saying, or what I've heard, who knows? I don't know if this is official re- release or not, that he hung himself with the sheets. And I've heard you talk about the bed sheets and the, the clothing that you have when you're when you're in the shoe. I mean, you, you can't hang yourself with that stuff, can well, you? Well, that's another issue. I was talking, uh, do you know Bruce Cameron? He's a retired federal BOP 
psychologist. Do you know no. him? I actually did a used to do a radio show with him, Crime and Punishment. And I was talking to him this morning, and he told me right now the DOJ is doing a psychological autopsy on this whole thing. So I'm actually I'm releasing that live now because that hasn't gone out to the public anywhere. Mm. And they're like recreating Epstein's last 48 hours. They're putting a timeline together, breaking it all down as far as phone calls, visits, who actually saw him, who didn't. I mean, they're putting it all together so they can whitewash a report. That's my belief on that. But when they moved him from the suicide watch, now it's possible if they threw him back in a regular cell in the shoe, maybe he did have regular bed sheets. Maybe he did have a regular jumpsuit. Remember, now he's not on suicide watch anymore. And you know mm -hmm. what? Do you really know what the shoe is for? The special housing unit? Well, it's, it's, there's several different reasons why people would be sent to the shoe, right? Well, disciplinary reasons. Yeah. It's like you fucked up somewhere. You got a, an incident report and they sanctioned you. Or, or but won't they also use it as sort of like a holding area if you're being processed when you're coming in? Or No, no, no. You go to R&D and you go to an orientation floor. The only reason they would send you to the shoe and the feds, they had no bed space. And MCC, okay, MCC New York or Manhattan, it's a federal detention center essentially. There's 13 of them across the U.S. You've got MCCs, you've got MDCs, and I spent two years at MDC Los Angeles. Then you have FDCs, which actually called federal detention centers. Mm -hmm. Their whole purpose is to support the court system. And what's ironic, you know that Jeff Epstein really was not a BOP inmate. Did you know that? No. He was He was property... He is, or he is, he was, let's just say that Jeff Epstein's classification at his time of death, mm -hmm. he was a U.S. Marshal pretrial detainee. He didn't have the same rights as an inmate because he wasn't convicted of anything. So he actually, he had more rights. So the U.S. Marshals have some liability also, but they put these detention centers all over the country to support the court system. So that's really why he was there, and it's not representative of what a real federal prison is like. But anyway, so they take this jackass out of the shoe. They put him, excuse me, out of uh, suicide watch. They take him back over to his cell. Now, another big question, and here's kind of my theory on this. Someone had to have gotten a big paycheck out of this. If they didn't, they're a special kind of stupid to risk their life potentially. And I wouldn't be surprised if maybe another BOP official, let's call all the staff members officials. Let's okay. I wouldn't be surprised if another BOP employee came up dead. Because when you have a chain of events where you're killing someone, you don't want to actually and I don't know this, I'm just speculating, of course. Right. But you don't want to be the guy that pulls the trigger because you may get hit too. Usually there's a like a, uh, an insulation, like a layer there. You've got to kill the guy that did the killing so you can kind of cut things off. It's like cutting the chain. So whoever did the killing is at risk and whoever 
participated in it is at risk. So somebody got a big paycheck somewhere. So you're saying, are you speculating that maybe he was killed or are you saying that maybe there's someone in the middle that sort of facilitated and allowed the suicide to happen? That is what I believe. Here's why. The BOP does shift change generally between 5 and 6 a.m. And they got to go around and they have to count all the inmates. They have to, even though nobody's going to escape from the shoe, they have to verify all the inmates are there. They put it in the log and then the next shift comes on duty. They have to go around and they have to count the inmates also to make sure they're taking control of the same amount of inmates. Mm -hmm. Remember, this is early in the morning. This is on a weekend. So there's nobody going to court. There's nobody being transported on a writ. Maybe this is why they were asleep. They figured nothing was going to happen. So let's take a step back. When, and I haven't really found this anywhere, when was he moved from Suicide Watch back to the shoe? Do we know? Hmm. Do we know if he was... was It was in July. I want to say July 20... 26th, something like that. Okay. I don't, I don't know if that's exactly it, but July 26th. Something okay. like that. So he was only on suicide watch for six days, which Bruce Cameron, our retired BOP shrink, has told me that's kind of unusual. The guy, you know, when he did his first suicide attempt, he did that really to try to get the judge to put him on home confinement. He wanted to show that the BOP was incapable of providing for his security and protection. Judge wasn't buying it. They leave him there. They send him over to suicide watch. He's only there, John, for six days. It was July 29th. So yeah, it was, yeah, but six days. He's there for six days or wait, he killed himself. What day? That was last Saturday. So I apologize. I should have these numbers in (laughs) front of me. I never know what we're going to talk about. So he moved back on July 29th. When did he try to kill himself? Was it the 23rd or something? So, yeah, six days before the, yeah, 23rd, 22nd, 23rd, 29th, 29th, he's off, and then he kills himself on August 10th. Okay, so he's sitting in the shoe for almost two weeks without a problem. They still have a psychologist coming to see him. I believe that somebody may have put something in that cell. You know, when you're sitting in the shoe, you're bored. You have nothing to do. You got a million thoughts going through your head. It's kind of like Motel 6. We'll leave the light on for you Mm -hmm. because the lights don't go off in the shoe because the cops need to come by when they're doing their job. They have to look in the little window. And they're taking inmates out for legal visits. They're taking inmates out for medical, maybe psychology, maybe meeting with prosecutors. Who knows? How hard would it have been for a staff member? Because only a staff member can do this. This isn't James Bond shit where somebody dropped in and cut a hole in the ceiling and got into the shoe. Somebody put something in there that he could Mm -hmm. use. You know, metal bunks. When I was in the shoe at MDCLA, it was concrete pads. And on the concrete pad, you you had your mattress. There really isn't any place to hang yourself. Somebody said maybe he did it from a doorknob. There are no fucking doorknobs. You're not opening the shoe from the inside. I, I got a whole, I mean, they say like, you know, there's celebrities who like Anthony Bourdain allegedly hung himself from a doorknob. 
Anthony Bourdain was like 6'8". How do you hang yourself from a door? It just doesn't make any sense. You lay down on your back, you put it around your neck, and you tie it to the doorknob, and you pull back, and you fall back. Now, if we want to call it like Dr. Kevorkian, you remember him? Yeah. The guy that... Well, what you do is you lay the person down, you wrap it around their neck, and then you push down with your foot on their chest, and you make their body go down, and it tightens up the noose, and it snaps their neck. Well, that, now, would take two, that would take that, two people, though. No, one person could do that. Not, not that I know. I'm speculating here, of course. Yeah, yeah. But it's doable. Believe me. Okay? I used to train people on how to do this shit. Never did it myself. But I know how to do it and how to do a lot of stuff. Anyway. That's, so, that, that's why I brought you on, Larry. Okay. Uh, I have the right to remain silent, and anything I say is not going to be used against me. I don't, you know what? I don't break the law anymore. I don't have to. I like dealing with criminals because you know where they're coming from. You really mm-hmm. do. I get still get, I don't want to call it dirty money, but I still get paid from criminals, but it's all legal. They're paying their same lawyers with the same money. Right. But you know, you got to watch them. You know, I had a guy the other day lie about his age. I mean, he lied about all this shit. And as he's lying to me, I'm pulling all his stuff up. And I told him, I don't believe a word you're saying. If I don't believe you, the FBI's not going to believe you. The prosecutor's not going to believe you. The judge certainly isn't going to believe you. So why don't you fucking tell me the truth so we can really address these issues and get to the root of the problem? And some people say I've got a poor bedside manner. I don't have time to fuck around holding a fucking hanky up to someone, listening to them cry. You know, I I had some lady call in and she kind of tried to berate me because I was quick and short, right to the point with her, and say, you shouldn't treat clients like this. I said, lady, you haven't paid me. You're not my client. I can fucking say anything. I Because she told me she didn't know who I was, right? Mm-hmm. She told me she was going to call my boss and report me. And I said, yeah, you do that. Call my boss and report me, and I'll pick up the phone and tell you to fuck off again, okay, just in case you didn't get it this time. <laughs> and you know what? You know what? I should have said, I'm going to get a long rope, and we're going to tie that onto the, onto the doorknob, and I want you to use that to pull your head out of your ass because we need to get to the... I don't, I'm all over the board here. Let's get back to Jeff. Epstein. Yeah, let's get back we to already Jeff know Epstein. that some people are fucking morons. But is anyway, it, is it Epstein or Stein? I've heard both. I think it's Ep- Epstein. people ask me, is it Levine or Levine? I go, you know what? It all writes the same on a check when you spell my name. That's true. East of the Mississippi, it's Levine. West, it's Levine. I think it's Epstein. I don't think it's Epstein. So, so with Epstein, he's dead now. Most likely, there are some okay. conspiracies floating around that he might not be. He okay. might be a witness have protection. You seen, John, have you seen the pictures of the people that are showing his face and they're showing the ears and saying it's somebody different? So is that really okay? I mean, is that really him? Like, why the heck would there? Let's, why let's, would somebody be able to get pictures of that? You know. Well, let's debunk this. I de- You're sitting. Okay, you're there in Pittsburgh, PA. Mm-hmm. You look skinny. You don't look fat or anything, but you look, you're well fed. When you need to, you'll stop at a 7 Eleven, an AM, PM, a convenience store, or fast, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Right, okay. Right. So uh, you probably need to lose a few pounds like the rest of us. This guy's sitting in 
of prison. He's sitting in the shoe. He can't even buy the stuff that the other inmates can on the regular commissary. He got popped on July 6th, killed himself on what? It was July 10th. So we're talking, what, 34 days, 35 days? Well, you say no. Yeah, July 6th and then yeah, August. I think you said July again, August 10th. So, yeah, 30-some days, yeah. Okay, so we're talking about five weeks. All of a sudden, you're going down to a diet that maybe you're getting 1,200 calories, maybe 1,500 calories. You don't think, and you're not sleeping because you're uptight, you're upset, you're stressed out. You don't think you're going to lose a lot of weight in that period of time? You bet you are. You assume so. And then, oh, you will. And then you're dead. Rigor mortis sets in, you're a stiff. So your body is going to be all sucked up, your face is going to be all sucked up. So fucking, of course, if you put a picture of him together with another picture when he's dead, it's going to look different. These people, John, they can't think like this. So why wouldn't they have him covered? Did they, I mean? Well, I'll I'll explain that too. Yeah. This isn't the first time. I like the fucking answer, man. See, on this. people, people don't ask these questions on Fox News and no, CNN. They, they and- won't. They they won't. Okay. <laughs> they said that he was found in his cell hanging and unconscious, right? He -hmm. wasn't pronounced dead in his cell. He wasn't pronounced dead until he got to the hospital. Since technically he wasn't pronounced dead, they wouldn't have pulled a sheet over his face because their contention is he was still alive, right? Well, yeah, but why? No no buts here, John. You don't put a sheet over somebody who's alive. You don't put it over their face. I understand that, yeah. Logically, you would think, yeah, they take his pulse. They got, yeah, this guy's a fucking stiff. Early checkout here at the Motel MCC. Mm-hmm. But he's not dead. Now, that picture was taken from a distance. Obviously, some moron with a cell phone camera. That was not an authorized picture. They didn't stop mid-transport. I saw the same picture where he's on the gurney and they've got a couple paramedics or something. Yeah, yeah. The guy behind the paramedics on the right-hand side Looks like he's wearing maybe like some tactical gear, like a bulletproof vest or something. Right, right. That's a a BOP transport officer. I picked that out right away. So he's in transit. He's not dead. Some idiot with a camera, camera phone, click, click. They take that picture. It wasn't a staged event. That guy was in transit. And that's how that picture came about. You know, there's people that are claiming they brought this guy out the back door. Have you heard that one? Um, no, but I mean, what's, what's the significance of that? Saying that he bought his way out. He had plastic surgery. Oh, they're saying that he, oh, he's in Mexico. He's in France. Maybe he's on the fucking moon. Who knows? He took the space shuttle. The guy knew too much people that know too much. You've got to kill them. That's that's the nature of the beast. So do, do you think that possibly that they had some incentive to show the body just to say, oh, look, here's his body. He's he's dead. Because if if that wasn't out there, people, there'd be more speculation, maybe. OK, <laughs> yeah. there's people that are saying the burial was at sea, that he was a Muslim. He was Jewish. Last name is Epstein. Well, that's Osama bin Laden. People are getting that. Well, yeah, I, I know. I was just going to get to that. Okay. Osama bin Laden, he's sleeping with the fish. 
You know why they buried him at sea immediately because they didn't want any attacks and now he's a martyr. We've got to recover the body. Mm-hmm. For all we know, they've got Bin Laden's body somewhere. We don't know who the fuck they dropped in the ocean. Yeah. You won't know. They got, uh, what's that lady's name? Um, Giselle Maxwell. Do you know who she was? She was a facilitator. She was uh, Epstein's girlfriend for a while and also yeah help allegedly help facilitate a lot of the underage she's missing too is she really she's not with us i said on kbc radio in los angeles a couple days ago they were asking me well where is she at and i i i asked the people it was jillian barbareri remember her yeah yeah Jillian interviewed me and now where do you think she's at and i said well do you remember the movie the godfather remember that movie john Luca oh, yeah. Braze sleeping with the fish. Of well, course. That's where Maxwell probably is. She's sleeping with the fish, too. So if you want to send her a message, go stand off the edge of the pier and take a leak on her. You know, you can piss in the ocean or something. Yeah, I hadn't, see, I hadn't heard she was missing. Pe- John, you're going to see more people disappear. It's like the theory. When you, when you put out a hit on someone, you find a disposable hit, man. Okay, well. We had him do the hit, but he's a loose end. You know, remember in the movie uh, Casino? Do you ever see the movie Casino? Oh, yeah, of course. But they're trying to decide if they should kill Joe Pesci or not and some other people. They go, no, he's solid. But then they end up killing him anyway because some guy goes, well, why take a chance? Right. Well, in this case, why take a chance? Just get rid of him. That's, so- that's a logical thing to do. You mentioned at the beginning that even with Epstein dead, that the, some of the legal proceedings could still go forward. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. Uh, did you see my interview with Martha, whoever it was on Fox News the other day? I believe so. So it was yeah. the Fox and Friends one? No, no, that was yeah. that was this morning. It was a couple days ago. I think I saw it, yeah. And I pointed out stuff and she tried to cut. Why do these people on Fox always try to cut me off at the end? And I said, Hey, you hold on. Oh yeah. I saw that. I had more to say. I got a call from the executive producers at Fox news right after that broadcast saying your interview wasn't just good. What you pointed out, this is fantastic. Would you be available to come back and be a contributor on this case as the case develops And more people get charged because Mm -hmm. they know this is the case that's going to keep on giving. Let's go back over to Varsity Blues. Remember, that case didn't even start with the the, uh, college cheating scandal. Started with some guy that was in trouble for something else. Right. And then he gave shit up, didn't he? Mm -hmm. All right. So now we got a bunch of asshole billionaires, power brokers and shit. And as I said before, that... When you got that kind of money and you're involved in business, you're going to deal with shady people to get shit done. That's the nature of the beast. So these people know about other cases and other people. They're all going to be scrambling. To that is give an excellent up, point, Larry. Yeah. To give up whatever. Now, mm-hmm. Epstein had a kind of like a continuing criminal enterprise. He was like pissing in his pants and whining that, he signed a plea agreement before and they can't come after him now and it's improper and all this shit. Do you know what a global plea agreement is, John? I don't think so. Okay. The feds offer a normal plea agreement says that it all, there's 98 federal districts across the United States. 
Mm-hmm. Depends on population. U.S. District Court for the District of Arizona. The whole state is one district. Washington State has an eastern and a western district. Texas has four districts. New York has four. California has four. And that's where your U.S. attorney. You ever watch that show, Billions? No, but I've heard it's awesome. I've it is awesome. Yeah. But uh, he was the U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York. Okay. Well, the plea agreement Epstein signed before, it only bound the district that he was sentenced in. It didn't bind any other district. So it didn't put him in the fucking clear. Right. That They could prosecute him somewhere else. That's a fact. So all these other people in this case, they'll build it against him. They'll use the discovery, but it gets back now to the statue of limitations. You know what that is? Mm -hmm. I don't know off the top of my head. I probably should because I'm sure some asshole on one of the mainstream networks is going to ask me this. (laughs) What is the statue of limitations on child molestation and such? Some of these people might have done this so long ago that they're not prosecutable. And the feds know that. They won't go after them. But what they can do is subpoena them as far as trying to use them as a cooperating witness to gather information on other people. Mm-hmm. And if they don't do that, they'll get them for either obstruction or contempt of court. And they can threaten them by just leaking out the information. Well, they could. Yeah. You ever seen in a case that they give people immunity, like right from the beginning. Right. They do that because then they have no reason not to testify. It's like, we're going to give you immunity. And now that you have immunity, we can't prosecute you. So you're not going to implicate yourself. But if you don't tell us what we want to know, now we're going to go after you for obstruction. You see all these little games they can play as they weave their way in and out Mm -hmm. of the system. And I got people online saying that I'm full of shit and I don't know what I'm talking about. People that have never spent one day in the feds, Mm -hmm. one day in prison, never went through the criminal justice system, think that I'm a fucking moron that I don't know. And they don't have a fucking clue themselves. You know what? Those people should put a bullet in their own fucking heads and kill themselves. The feds are a different world, John. Mm -hmm. You You don't know the players without a program. You've got to look for what you can't see. Look beyond things. Look who will benefit. You know? So so as this case, of, you know, Fox said they wanted to bring you on, oh, and as this case they develops, already... do you think that you'll see sort of these splinters off and you'll see some, you know, financial guy charged over here and trace it back? Oh, here, here's what happened. I think that there's a better chance of... The likelihood is that it will happen. You know, there's a better chance of me growing a third nut than that not happening. What about with, definitely happen? What about with some of these, uh, you know, celebrities like, well, our president maybe, or maybe Bill Clinton or someone like that, or the royal family getting implicated? Who knows what's in that discovery? Who knows what deal will be made? We don't know. Mm-hmm. And remember that they've released it. I, I haven't read any of these files that have been released. I got uh, the main networks. They want to send me white papers on stuff before I go on TV and start discussing shit. And I tell them, don't send it to me because I'm not going to read it. I don't want to read it. I don't want to cloud my judgment. 
where mm-hmm. I can think about the issues, I can think about the situation, and I can give you my answers that aren't prejudicial based on something some other fucking moron wrote. Right. I can think objectively and subjectively. So yeah, there's going to be a lot of people. Be good. Hey, you know what? It'll be good for business. I sure hope that it is. It'll be good for your business. It'll be good for mine. It'll be good for others. I mean, uh, let's see. Is this one of the networks? It is. But you know what? I'm on with you. So these motherfuckers. There you go. They got to wait. I'm on with John Odermont. Okay. Get in fucking line. But yeah, it'll be good for business. Here's a problem. There's other, I'm not going to mention names. I'm not going to disrespect your show. I would not do that. Mm-hmm. There's other consultants out there that only spent a year, just a little over a year in custody. You don't see them on TV talking about this. They don't know. They didn't spend time in the hole. They weren't at 11 different federal prisons like me. They can't talk about it. Well, honestly, like how many people do you think have been at 11 different federal prisons who are now out of prison and can give that commentary? There's probably not many people. Well, this is exactly what Fox said to me the other day. We can get any idiot to come on TV and talk about this, but none of these idiots can give your perspective. Having Mm -hmm. been in multiple prisons, multiple custody levels, And remember, I dealt with BOP staff at all these places. So I kind of know the routine across the country, across the system. What should happen, what really happens. It's almost like I'm in their heads. I'm giving a unique perspective that these other people cannot do. Can you talk about the uh, phone call you got a few weeks ago from... uh a member of uh, used to be on the cast of, of Full House or Fuller House. You know what? That's a good word for that phone call. <laughs> Fool. This lady calls me up. I'd forgot about that. <laughs> you know what? I get so many fucking stupid calls. This shit doesn't even make an impression on me anymore. Mm-hmm. I get a call from this woman and she's talking to me about the Varsity Blues case. And she's kind of like talking some roundabout shit. But she knows, do you know how like people just know too much? I'm thinking, well, this lady's too sophisticated. She knows too much. So now I'm thinking, all right. Do you remember who she said she was? Did she say? She didn't. I don't ask. Okay. That's the first thing. Oh, can I have your name? I don't ask. I don't don't care until they're ready to hire me. I'll listen to their story. Mm -hmm. Or maybe midstream in their story. I'll say, well, let let me get your name. You've ever been on Pacer before? You know what that is? No, I can log into the federal court system. Same thing. They all use the judges, the prosecutors. I can pull up the indictment, the plea agreement, the judgment. I can pull it all up. Sometimes I'll do that while I'm talking to them. I'll go, well, let me take a look at your charges. Let me look at your indictment. Let Mm -hmm. me see what you're really facing because people are generally, they're clueless. How many counts did you have? Uh, I don't know. What was the dollar loss? I don't know. Well, how much do you think you fucking stole stupid? Do you know that? Anyway. So this woman, I'm talking to her about her case or I'm talking, no, not about her case. I'm talking to her about the case and I'm thinking she knows too much. This, this isn't, this isn't a typical call because I've been doing this so long. It's kind of like somebody say, I'm asking for a friend. Well, okay, sure. That's like Mm -hmm. almost pregnant. And I said, look, and I recognized her voice at about this point. I said, look, I know who you are. I said, so let's not bullshit each other. 
She wanted to know. I shouldn't say she wanted to know. She was confused why it was even a federal case to begin with. So now I'm explaining mail fraud because things were sent through the mail. Mm -hmm. I'm explaining wire fraud. You do a wire transfer. You even do something over the telephone. That's considered, you know, using the wires to commit a crime. You are using the banks. There's our bank fraud. So I explained to her the facets in a case, and I used the string theory to explain how all this ties together. And it's like she just wasn't getting it. And I said, look, you're a special kind of stupid. I said, they gave, I told her this, they gave you a grand opportunity. By this point, she knew I knew who she was. Mm -hmm. I said, you didn't take the first plea agreement. I said, before the feds come after you, they're not just sitting around jacking off. I really said this to her. They're not sitting around jacking off. They're building a case on a defendant. So by the time the FBI comes into your house in the morning and crashes in your door like your Ben Laden's little brother or something, mm -hmm. they got the fucking goods on you. That's a fact. You should have taken the first plea agreement they offered you. It was a sweet deal. I said, now they've come after you. They've superseded your plea. They've superseded your charges. Now, do you know, John, what you know what an indictment is? So they take it to a grand jury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what an information is? You ever heard that term? As far as it relates to a federal not, not related to that, no. Okay. Back when I went into custody in 98, maybe through the mid, well, shit, we're at 2019 now. Why don't we say maybe 2011? Now what they do is the FBI or the prosecutor, they send you what's called a target letter telling you that we've built a case up on you. And that's kind of what they did here. You need to hire a lawyer and you need to come in for questioning. Okay. Hmm. And what they want to do is let you know what they have on you. And we want you to agree to the charges and sign a plea agreement. It's a good deal for everyone because they don't want to go to trial. They don't want to tie up the court's limited judicial mm -hmm. resources. So they offer you a plea agreement and either you take it or you don't, or you can kind of negotiate it some. That's what they did with her. That's what they did with all these people to begin with. That's why you saw a bunch of people plead out to begin with. Well, in this particular case, she didn't take it. So now, oh, like, really? Okay. Well, we're going to go to the, I told her this. So now you didn't take, I called her Aunt Becky too. I said, no, you didn't. Did I you really? did. So <laughs> I said, so now Aunt Becky, you didn't, you know how I talk, John, you think yeah, I talk yeah. to her any differently than I'm talking to you? No, no, I don't. not at all. Hey, I talk the same way on CNN and Fox. Don't I? Know. I? I know. What you see, I don't. This is why the networks love me, because I don't bullshit. Neil Cavuto knows it, too. Yeah, you saw that, didn't you? <laughs> That's really ironic. He tried to cut me off. And you see his, uh, his producers like, now to this, now to this. They're telling him, like, now to this, cut to a commercial. And they're laughing at him. Now when I yeah. go on Fox News, they go, uh, I got the little earpiece in. I'm sitting in the, uh, the control booth. They go, well, how are you today, Mr. Levine? I go, oh, I'm good. Uh, we want to remind you that we're a family network. You don't have any surprises for us today, do you? And I go, uh, no, not really. We want to remind you, you can't use profanity. 
And I go, okay, so what you're saying then is I can't say fuck, can I? And they like get all weird and they cringe. They go, no, you can't say that. And I go, well, I guess asshole and motherfucker are out of the question too then. I do this deliberately to spin these motherfuckers because yeah, they're so, they're just so fucking uptight. And so easy to do. I'm sure. It is. So anyway, I tell Aunt Becky that she's, I think I'm, this is where I picked up from. Yeah. Almost like you're a special kind of stupid. You should have taken the deal because now they're going to indict. They Now they've, they've already done it. Now they've indicted you. Mm-hmm. And now you're not going to get the same deal. And you didn't sign an early plea agreement. So do you know how the U.S. sentencing guidelines work? Do you have any clue? Do you know what they are? I mean, they assign, I know okay, what they are. They look at your charges. If it's a drug mm-hmm. case, it's based on the, the whatever the drug is and a quantity of drugs. The weight. Right, right, if right. If it's a monetary case, they look at the dollar loss, intended loss, the dollar loss exposure in the case. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So they assign a point system to that. So I kind of explained to her how the guidelines work and how they're looking at her dollar loss amount. Now, in the guidelines, you get what's called an offense level. It goes up or down based on dollar loss, exposure, drug quantity, and such. So Mm -hmm. when you accept responsibility, you get two levels down. It's an enticement. Early guilty plea, you get an additional level down. So essentially, you can get three okay. levels down from the guidelines. Well, she may have lost that early guilty plea, that extra level down, and now they've hit her with extra charges, haven't they, John? Yeah, and they, do you think they they probably had that in their back pocket all oh, along, do. right? Here's the yeah. game the feds play, and I don't know if I've said this on your show before. They try to do like a squeeze play, like they're grabbing you by the balls. And they'll say, well, we're going to indict your wife, your husband, your kids, whoever, mm-hmm. unless you plead guilty to this. So you got people out there that are pleading guilty to shit. Well, yeah, maybe they are guilty, but maybe they're pleading to things they're not exactly guilty to. So, look- And I think that that's a big – most people – 99% of people in the United States have no idea that, that goes on because I'll see people all the time on Facebook. They'll say, well, he pled guilty to does, it. That means he did it. Does, okay. So the feds come along, they got a big shovel and they scoop up a big scoop of horse shit in that shovel and they go to a barn and they turn on a big fan and all that shit goes flying off the shovel and hits the barnyard wall and they wait. Those are your charges. Now, eventually, mm-hmm. that shit's going to dry, and some of that's going to drop off, isn't it? Those are your charges. Okay, well, those charges have been dismissed, but some of that shit will end up sticking there. So that's kind of what the feds do. I know it's kind of a crude analogy, but that's the example I give to my clients, that they've got enough to charge you. They've got enough to convict you. The fact that you didn't know doesn't make a difference. Yeah. It's not based on what you knew. You had intent to do this, and I told her this. You involved your children. You knew that they weren't qualified to get into these universities. You had them take pictures of them sitting in a boat. And, you know, and I said, I kind—I was kind of mean. I, I felt bad at this point. I got berated later. 
by my wife. Surprised she stayed on the phone that long. Well, because I was giving her straight hard advice. No one will give her. Mm -hmm. Everybody's telling her what she wants to hear. And I won't do that. She hasn't called back, but I don't care. Mm -hmm. You know, I said, you involved your kids in your case, in this case. And you're not, if you're thinking you're going to convince the court, you were just trying to be a good mother. It's not going to fly. I said, you knew your kids couldn't get in there. You had them take pictures in a rowboat. So they did something to further the crime. She's mm-hmm. like silent. I said, so at this point, you need to do fucking damage control and you need to get the best deal you can. And if you think that you're going to get off scot-free on this, they got enough to hang your ass. I said, and you'll, you may end up, I mean, depending how much time you get, the judge can show her some leniency. But remember, they need to make an example out of her. They're not going to let her mm-hmm. walk. They're not just going to give her straight probation. She's what they call in the guidelines outside the zone. She committed multiple felonies. When you look at wire fraud, mail fraud, I don't know, obstruction of justice, uh, money laundering, conversion. I can take each one of those charges. I could break it apart even further. As long mm-hmm. as we can show it, we can even show a conspiracy between her, her husband, the guy at... Uh, whoever at the college they paid off or something, even her kids, if they were an adult at the time, they did this. I never took a look at the ages. I said, there's enough here to hang you. You need to make the best fucking deal you can. And then I said to her, I said, now, do you have any more questions? And she said, no. And and I said, all right, well, I've given you what I can. And she said, okay, thank you for your time. And boom, she's gone. Then I thought about it. I thought about this for like an hour. I thought, should I put this on my Facebook page and tell people? <laughs> and I think, you know what? This lady, she deserves to go. Oh, wait, wait. Let's back up. I know what I was going to tell you. I told her that she will end up going to a real prison. It'll still be a camp because at a camp, you can go zero to 10 years. She's not a threat to the mm-hmm. community. She's not a has no public safety factors like Jeff Epstein. She's not a flight risk. People know who she is. And I said to her, you may enjoy it in prison. You'll get a little peace and quiet. I said, hey, maybe you'll get a girlfriend while you're in there. You never know. Like most, how old are you, John? 36. I've got kids your age. Do you remember Full House when? uh, Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. I used to lust after Lori Laughlin. A lot of people did when she was on Full House. She was cute. She was a cute little thing. Yeah, yeah. So the thought in my mind when I'm saying this to her, Aunt Becky getting with another getting with another chick, I'm thinking, hey, why not? I tell you a little a funny little prison story in relation. There, there might be a Hallmark movie in well, there somewhere. Okay, check this uh, out. You know what a chomo is, I'm sure. You know what a chomo a is? Chomo? Chomo, child molester. Oh, I've never heard that no term. No shit. You've never heard that term? Chomo? Okay. No, I haven't. That's what inmates yeah. refer to child molesters as, chomos. Okay. Okay. And they have chomos all over the system. They don't tell you who the chomos are, but they put out a list every day of everybody that has psychological call-outs. So they've got the weekly or bi-weekly, I don't know, a couple times a week. They get all mm-hmm. the chomos together to go to psychology to have their anti-chomo meeting or something. So every, the inmates, we all knew who the chomos were. 
Now, right. at every federal, I shouldn't say at every, but at most federal prisons, they have movie night, okay, where on the weekend, you go to the auditorium and you bring your chair. They have chairs there and they show, they would go down back in my day on the inside. They go to Blockbuster. Remember them? I think there's one left in the country. It's in Alaska. And I think it is. I read that same article. Anyway, <laughs> they would have movie night and they'd go pick out some movies. Well, the chomos can't sit with all the other inmates because they'll get the shit beat out of them. You don't even talk to a chomo. You don't associate with them because you're guilty by association. Mm-hmm. Well, some staff, hey, some BOP staff member fucked up 15 years ago. Imagine that. They're still fucking up to this day, aren't they? For a movie night, they go and get a movie with the Olsen twins when they're about five years old, six years old. Oh, geez. They're showing this in a men's prison. All the chomos came out of the woodwork on movie night with the Olsen twins because they don't usually show up for movie night. They're all standing in the back of the auditorium, right? That's messed up. They've got their eyes like like this. They're like fucking glazed looking at the... It was kind of creepy. Well, some observant staff... Hey, some observant staff member, obviously not Laurel and Hardy who were working in the MCC shoe, noticed this. All the chomos were there, looks at the screen and sees the Olsen twins. Well, guess what? Movie night was over pretty fucking quick after that. Yeah. So these people don't think on their toes. The average police academy, law enforcement academy in the U.S., how long do you think it is? Um, Guess. Three months. You're a special kind of stupid too, John. No. (laughs) Six months, nine months. I think it really depends on the state. It's called. A po- yeah, I, I was going to say six months, but I thought, yeah, maybe he's trying to get me on. Okay. They have so what's called post certification. Every state has that police officer standards and training. It varies from state to state. Mm-hmm. But figure six to nine months. How long do you think the BOP training academy is? A month. 21 days. Glencoe, Georgia. So. You go through more extensive training to be a manager at Taco Bell or McDonald's in order to become a BOP employee. Now, the first thing that you're... And and they're going to put those BOP employees overseeing one of the most valuable witnesses that we've we've ever had in this country. What they do, they start off, they take a mirror and they put it under the person's nose and they look for the condensation. They go, okay, you're breathing. You've met the first requirement. That's, that's day one. Okay. That's the first. Then they hold up two fingers. Uh, what's one and one? They go two. I go, no, one and one. That's 11, stupid, when they're next to each other like that. But we're going to give you the benefit of the doubt anyway. These aren't the brightest. They're not. You know what? They're not all bad. I've got, I have active BOP and retired BOP on my Facebook page that I became friends with when I was in custody. Mm-hmm. They're not all bad. They think the shit I do is wonderful because they knew or they know they knew. I don't lie. I don't bullshit. I just say things how they are. So a lot of these people, though, are lazy. They hate their jobs. They overlook shit. When I was in a prison in Arizona, Safford, Arizona, long time ago, I needed a counselor. And I'm going to get to the fact this other person who was in the shoe that was a counselor, they said wasn't a correctional officer in just a second. Right, right, right. I needed this counselor to do something for me. 
I don't remember what it is because it was too long ago. Yeah. This cocksucker wouldn't do it. Kind of got sideways with me. And I said, I got to ask you a question. Did you choose this job? He said, yes. He's like all proud. He's working for the BOP. I wanted to give him a little brownie button. I said, okay, so this is what you do. This is what you do for a living, right? He's there. Yeah. I said, okay, great. Listen up. I'm a criminal. I break the law. That's what I do. I did my fucking job. Why don't you do your fucking job? Guy threw me out of his office, but guess what? The next day he did what I needed. I brought it to his attention. It's like I get people call me. They got problems with BOP staff members that won't do things. And I said, look, these are family members. They contact me on behalf of inmates. I said, we're not asking this fucking staff member to do us a favor. This is their job. This is what they get paid for. A lot of these staff are under impression that the institution would run much smoother if there were no inmates there and they should still get paid for it. But let's, let's go back and look at what a counselor is. First of all, they all go to Glencoe, Georgia. Yay. So you, you're, you're referring to the counselor who was on, on duty, duty watching Epstein. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They all go to Glencoe, Georgia, federal law enforcement training center. Border Patrol mm-hmm. Academy is there. The Marshals Academy, ATF, uh, DEA is there. The FBI has their own academy in uh, Quantico as people. I know. I think DEA is in Quantico also. So anyway, they go there for 21 days for training. And I forgot. What was I talking about? Oh, the counselor. Okay. The counselor. The My counselor, mind yeah. shifted. Something beeped in here. I think some fucking battery's low. I don't know. So the counselor. They're all correctional officers first. They all go through the same correctional training. Once they go through the 21 days of correctional training, then they kind of brand. Were you ever in the military? Okay. Then they go off into different career fields. It's kind of like the military. It's like, well, okay, well, you're going to be a cook and you're going to be a janitor and you're going to be a counselor. Oh, you have a psychology degree. You're going to work in psychology. So they go into different career fields within the BOP. Some people go into custody. Okay. That's the ones that should really be working in the hole. That counselor was a sworn federal law enforcement officer. I was reading some fucking nonsense. I was laughing my balls off. They were saying that he was a civilian. No. He's a sworn. Yeah, they're going to put a civilian in the yeah. hole, in the shoe. They're all correctional. Just pull, just pull a guy off the street. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, hey, uh, Jose over there, I know you're not a citizen, right. but we need someone to fill in. Uh, we won't tell Trump you're here. So we'll give you a pass for a while. But they're all correctional workers. They are. And... Mm-hmm. Whoever was in the hole working, correct, a counselor, case manager, a secretary, a teacher, they've all had correctional training. So they're all qualified to be there. Mm-hmm. And working in the shoe, let's look at a regular housing unit at any federal detention center. Do you know the setup? Have you seen pictures now of MCC? By now, I'm sure you have. It's yeah. a high rise. Okay, all mm-hmm. the all the buildings, the uh, FDCs, yeah, whatever, all the federal detention centers are high rises. Right. So you've got it's almost like it's like a, a, a cross between a triangle and a W. 
where you got this big fucking open area. Mm -hmm. Then along the wall, along the perimeter, you got all these steel doors or metal doors. Those are the cells. The inmates congregate in what's called a common area during the day. They take their meals and they watch TV and they get into fights, mm -hmm. whatever they're going to do. It happens in the common area. Although sometimes somebody gets dragged into a cell and gets their ass whooped, but that's a whole other show for you, me to tell you about. So a CO is working in a general housing unit among inmates that they're not really locked up. They're secured inside that housing unit, but there's an element of danger there because the shit can jump off at any time. And I have seen it several times. Issues happen. Mm -hmm. I've never seen a staff member attacked. So if you were more concerned with your safety, would you want to work in a general housing unit where there's 120 inmates milling around you several hours a day? Or do you want to work in the shoe where everybody's locked down in the, in shoe. the shoe? And when you take them out of their cell, you, there's like a hatch, like a metal flap in mm -hmm. the door. Yeah. And they put the food trays through there and shit. And when you leave your cell, Depending if they're putting your hands in front of you or behind you, you put your hands out and they cuff you up. So everybody who moves in and out of that cell is cuffed up. So now you're transporting somebody that's, that's handcuffed and you're only taking one or two people out at a time. And if there's two people taken out, then it's, there's generally more than one CO there. It's a high ratio. So what's safer to work in, the shoe or a general housing unit? The shoe. The shoe. The cops, or let's call them cops. They're really not. I wouldn't trust these people with a gun. The correctional officer. I wouldn't trust a lot of cops with a gun yeah, either. But yeah. that's, that's, that's another show. <laughs> you don't want these people to have guns. Yeah. But they're not passing out. Okay, so pill line on a general housing floor. They've got like a little room off each uh, housing unit. Housing units are the ones that have like 60 to 70 cells around the perimeter, two inmates in mm -hmm. a cell. They call the inmates to that little room and they pass out the medication, you know, a couple times a day, whatever it is. Uh, the inmates congregate. They get their food trays. They get their mail, whatever they need. Okay. And there's a cop. There's like a little officer station there. But in the shoe... Somebody from health services is going to come by whatever period of time throughout the day. They're going to hold pill line. So they're going to go to each individual cell. They're going to pop the hatch and they're going to give the inmate. Generally, they'll put it like in a, you ever go to a yogurt shop and they give you that little tiny like paper cup to get like a sample. Of, okay. Yeah. Then you fill it up and you put your toppings on and they weigh it at the Well, end. I'm talking about the sample one. Oh, okay, yeah. The little, little sample little thing. Paper, paper. You know, when I take my grandchildren there, I usually go and I take that thing and I test out like 10 or 15 of them. So that by the time I'm done, I go, oh, I'm good. Just let them get whatever. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> they give you your pill in one of those little tiny paper cup things and they crush it. Mm -hmm. That way you can't, you can't save it for later. You put it in your mouth. They give you something to drink. They watch you swallow it. Well, in the mm -hmm. shoe, they open the hatch, they give it to you, and you're just looking through the little fucking hole, and you're drinking, and you're gone. So the inmate's not coming out. So medical is coming to you. Food is coming to you. People are coming to you. The inmates aren't going to them. So there's a low element of safety 
I mean, there's a low element of really danger in the shoe. Everybody's locked down. So it's not, I don't want to say it's an easy job, but it's not as difficult. So does that, do you think the shoe attracts more incompetent BOP? Well, it's an assignment. I'll give you, let me give you an example. Well, let's use the LA County jail system as an analogy here. It's the largest jail system in the world. And it used to be they'd all uh, graduate from the LA County Sheriff's Academy. And the sheriffs would have to spend maybe a year or two working in the jails before mm-hmm. they would send them out to the street to be patrol deputies, if you will. Now they've broken it into different tracks, career tracks. They're all sworn L.A. County sheriff's deputies, but your career track is correctional custody, and your patrol track, our career track is patrol. Mm-hmm. So there's such a need for people to work the jails that you would have people that knew it was, I don't want to say easy duty, but such lucrative duty, they would stay in the jails for years. They didn't want to go out to the street. How often do you hear about, I mean, let's talk talk about a state prison. State prison is completely different. MDC, MCC, that's a federal detention. That's a jail, but it's a federal jail. It's run by the BOP. So in the county jail system, you had people that were working in custody for years. Unlimited overtime. You could sleep there. They had housing there. Why was this jackass over at MCC working overtime? Shortage of people. They get like unlimited overtime. And they were probably they let them sleep on their when they're working. Well, apparently. but there's a shift change. But remember, these aren't fucking zombies. They have to go home. They have a life too. They do. I imagine they do. Going back to the trailer park and screwing their neighbor's wife. I don't know. You're laugh this shit. The drama, John. I believe the, it. Okay. <laughs> Remember, I was in 11 different correctional facilities. And the drama, and they put these places in small towns, okay? Because the land is cheap, and they can get cheap labor, if you will. Because what they pay the people, there's a general pay scale, but then they have like a differential based on the local economy. Right. So they put the prisons in the small towns. Well, they all socialize with each other. They go to the same events. So eventually you start having some flirting and interaction between wives and husbands and shit. So there's always issues. You can spot it in the prison between staff members where people, remember I told you, these people aren't really friends with each other. They're suspicious and jealous of each other. Lots of tension. But they do have a life. That's why I said they go back to the trailer park open a can of beer, smoke some cigarettes, screw the neighbor's wife, but they do get to go home. Now, YMCC is short-staffed. Remember reading, I want to say, what are we in August now? I want to say February. There was a report that came out that said that the BOP was losing or they were going to have 5,000, I think maybe it was 5,300. Less staff members. You remember reading that? I do. Something like that. I kind of keep track of this, but it's not an important number Mm -hmm. for me. But the point is that they're short-staffed. Trump cut the budget. And I'm not putting the finger on him on this, but the BOP doesn't get a lot of training to begin with. 
and you've got a short amount of staff. A lot of prisons, I, I don't want to say they're empty. Remember, they've let several thousand inmates go between what Obama did when they changed the crack cocaine and powder laws, now the First Step Act. They're mm-hmm. down. I think it's on 175,000 inmates is what they have right now. It reached a high of like 220,000. So they're way down. You're talking just the federal. Yeah, just system. the federal. They're, yeah. they're down. The point is, though, that at a rank and file institution, they may not make a difference if they don't have as many staff. But a federal detention center, it's generally, there's room because people are always coming and people are getting transferred. But let's say that there's high occupancy. So let's say that, let's say MCC is rated, not just the shoe. Let's call it the whole institution. Maybe they're rated. You can go to BOP.gov and then look at uh, population report. It's there. An institution Mm -hmm. is rated for X amount of inmates. It's rated for 800 inmates, but there's 1,100 inmates there because the detention centers always have a higher number than what they're supposed to do just because people are going to court. People are going, you know, they're going to trial. People have just been arrested, Mm -hmm. whatever it may be. Now you've got... uh, Dandy Don in D.C. in the White House, they're popping all these people on immigration charges. Where do you think they're going? Well, okay, I guess they're going to these places they are calling gulags, but some of them are going to these detention centers. So now we've got a large mm-hmm. influx of people we weren't having before. Yeah. The, the detention centers should really be fully staffed, and they're not. Yeah, now I was just going to say, is a part of it also that it's hard to get people to do that? For the for a low pay, I imagine. I mean, well, we're not even talking correctional now. I mean, any job hard yeah. to find people. It's not just regular people. They've got to be qualified. Okay, they pass the first test. They're they have condensation. They're breathing. They're breathing. They know one and one is eleven. It's not two, but they have to run them through psychological aspects. A lot of them couldn't become. Uh, that used to be a joke with us that these guys wanted to be police officers so bad. They could, we, every cop has a nickname by an inmate. Okay. Uh, pig farmer, uh, officer flashlight, RoboCop. everything. We would assign nicknames to all these correctional officers. They all wanted to be cops and play policemen. You don't want these people being policemen. They couldn't pass the psychological exam to go on a police department. Yeah. The BOP go, oh, we'll take them. Yeah, let's take them. Here's the ones you got to watch out for. And I used to call this, well, look at him. Isn't he special? They've got their white shirt on. They've got their blue pants. They they're wearing pants that looks like, you know, like they work for the post office or something. Maybe they go to the same fucking tailor. I don't know. They've got their handcuffs. They've got their radio. They've got like a a keychain, they've got a flashlight, and they've got some device that they can do CPR on someone. I don't know. So they don't have to like put their lips directly up to the person. It's all they really need. Then you got these crusaders come in. They think they're Batman. And they've got the gun belt with no gun that has all the toys on it. They've got all this shit. And I'm like, well, look at him. Isn't he special? He brought his decoder ring with him to work today. <laughs> these are these are the ones you got to watch out for. This yeah. guy here. Oh, then they've got taps on their shoes. 
little like metal taps. They think they're on the drill team in the army. I don't know. It's like, hey, stupid. Now we know you're coming. Why don't you tell all your buddies to wear taps on your shoes? You know? Illogical shit. Really? Mm -hmm. And then, okay, here's my favorite. Do you know my background or history prior to the BOP? Anything? Your background? As far as my personal background. Well, yeah, you, you talked about it when you were on the show the first I time. I was a military intel to, officer. Okay. Yeah, we talked about that. All right. To some extent. You don't put yeah. a big fucking badge on that says intelligence officer. Okay, you just fucking mm-hmm. blend into the fucking crowd. BOP, the intelligence officers wear a real big badge that says intelligence officer on it. And I'm thinking, how stupid. Why don't you just tell everybody who you are? I'm not joking. Why don't you just tell everybody who you are? Why don't you just blend in, wear a regular uniform, you're just another worker there, everybody will think you're an idiot, and hold on, let me get rid of this. That was my grandson. He's another idiot. He's 18. I don't know what I'm going to do with this well, kid. We'll, we'll, we'll wrap this up. Go, you know, going take for as long while. as you want. I don't care. You want to wrap it or something. But the point yeah, is Yeah, no, let's let's uh let's wrap this up. We've been going for I don't know, an hour, 15 has minutes it been or so. that long? It time time I'm Jewish. Flies. You just time, can't time shut me flies. up, can you? <laughs> but hey, b- before I let yeah. you go, I want you to plug away whatever okay. you know, you're working on where people can find where you where they can, can if they want to hire you. Generally, you can find you. me at the racetrack placing a bet somewhere. Now, go to horse, uh, horse racing or dog 8555 <laughs> prison. You can call me wallstreetprisonconsultants.com you can reach out to me if you're in trouble you have any questions or just call them. i'm going to do something probably other people don't do this is my cell number i'm going to get oh, up wow. 213-219-9033 call me i'll just like i'm here talking to you right now talking to john right now i'm going to mm-hmm. give you the straight shit call me if i don't know the answer to something I'll just fucking tell you, I don't know. I won't bullshit you, but I'll find the answer out. I'm not going to lie to you. If I can't help you, probably nobody can, and I'll tell you, I cannot help you. Do not hire me. Don't hire anyone because they can't help you either. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to spoon feed you bullshit. If you want someone to lie to you, call your lawyer. He'll lie to you. He'll tell you what you want to hear. You know, don't be stupid like Aunt Becky, okay? If they give you a plea agreement, you know that you're guilty and you did something, get the best deal you can. Don't take don't take it to trial because they're going to hang your ass. That's it. There he is, ladies and gentlemen, Larry Levine. Thank you so much for coming back on Felony Friday. You're welcome. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode with Larry Levine. How could you not enjoy it? How entertaining is Larry Levine? Uh, just a great guy to get to talk to, bringing a perspective. And as Larry said many times throughout the show, it is a it's it's Larry's honest. He's gonna be he's a straight shooter, and he's gonna he's not gonna sugarcoat shit, and he's gonna give it to you the way that he sees it. Now you might not always agree with it, but it's the way that he sees in it. He sees it. And he has to back that up. He's lived it. He's been to, you know, he's been in 11 different federal prisons. Um, He knows how the system works. Um, He's very up to date on currently what's going on in the system while he's working as a prison consultant. So this is a guy who, I mean, to put it in a simple way, he knows his shit. So 
You know, I, I didn't say, I didn't really chime in my opinion on the Jeffrey Epstein thing, what, what I think happened. Um, maybe you're able to kind of read between the lines to see what I think. But to put it clearly, um, you know, it's, it's hard to, obviously, you know, more information could come out tomorrow and things might change. Uh, I think based on what we've seen today, I mean, what we've seen these past few days, and just based on, you know, logic, I think what happened was somebody assisted with his suicide. Uh, I think this is a guy who uh, realized that he didn't have much to live for. He knew that the uh, the jig was up and he wasn't going to get off these charges. Um, so was it worth it to him to stick around and be used as a witness to take down his friends or whatever. I don't know if he considered people friends or he was just using them to black blackmail them. But at the end of the day, I think he took the easy way out. He killed himself. I think he's dead. There's conspiracy theories going around saying he's alive. I think he's dead. With that being said, I think he was helped. Absolutely. And do I know who would have helped to facilitate his suicide? I don't. Um, you know, anybody can speculate. Is it one of these high-powered politicians or someone in the financial sector? I, I have no idea. But that is what you know. You would hope that the FBI would be digging digging into that to figure out what happened. But I have zero faith in the FBI to do anything right. And as Larry said, uh, of course we can expect to see the Feds use this information that they have now from Discovery in order to take down people. It might have nothing to do directly with this case, but the information in this case that was uh, in discovery very well could be used to take people down in, in other areas. I mean, that, that's how the feds work. So keep an eye on that, and uh, we'll probably bring Larry back on in the future to talk more about that aspect of uh, this just crazy case. And one last thing, I just want to, I didn't say it at the top because I was trying to be very brief, but if you guys enjoy what we're doing here at Lions of Liberty, um, I am expanding Felony Friday in the coming weeks here. Felony Friday will maintain a presence in the Lions of Liberty feed. Every Friday you can find a show here um, in the Lions of Liberty feed. But Felony Friday is also getting its own solo podcast feed. And the reasons for that are to help to branch out, to branch out outside of the libertarian label. Because criminal justice reform or the criminal justice system, injustice within the system, has no has no political labels. Um, it's important for people on the left, right, center, moderate, um, whatever, conservative, that people see and hear these stories for what they are. Um, I don't want somebody to see the word libertarian and be scared of uh, tuning in to one of these shows, which is unfortunate. It's unfortunate to have to say that, but that's just a reality. Uh, most people um, don't understand what uh, libertarian means. They don't understand what liberty means. So it is. it does, I think, uh, scare some people away. So I will be rebranding into a solo show, keeping uh, this show here, and what we'll do in the solo feed is every Tuesday, I'm not 100% sold on the format, but every Tuesday there's going to be some kind of content on the solo feed. Then, of course, every Friday we will also have content. Sometimes it will be the same content as this feed. Sometimes it won't. 
Um, that's just going to depend. So you're going to want to subscribe to both feeds. And in order to do that, to know, you know, when this feed's going to be go live and when to get the first episodes and all that stuff, uh, the best way to do that is go on Facebook, go to just type Felony Friday podcast in the search bar at the top. I have a private group uh, that's growing where people who want to support this show and really uh, su- support the mission behind it. Um, are, are joining that group. So please do that, and I will get you in as long as you are a real person. With that being said, join the Lions of Liberty Pride, patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. Support the show. Support myself, Mark, and Brian, what we're doing here. We love you guys. We couldn't do it without you. With that being said, this is John Odermatt signing off. Always remember to keep your head up in the fires of Liberty burning.